When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Liz Fleming. Liz is a business mentor and accountant who knows a thing or two about creating efficiencies. She previously worked for many years as a chartered accountant in the corporate world before ditching the C-suite life to go out on her own as an efficiency coach. She has a knack for helping small businesses understand how to streamline their processes and scale for growth, and she hates wasting time. She joins me today to share some of the productivity hacks that will help you thrive. Hi Liz, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me. Now, you describe yourself as an efficiency coach. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, I think um, what I mean by that is I help people uh, to get as efficient as they possibly can be, um, depending on what efficiency means to to them. Uh, I deem myself an efficient person, always have been, and um, I love working with business owners and individuals to help them become as efficient as possible and making sure they can make the most of their time um, that they have. So what do you think are the biggest ways that business owners waste time? Is it, um, I don't know, is it admin or? Um, I mean, I think as a business owner and being a business owner myself, it's all about where you want to put your focus, where, what your goals are that you want to achieve um, and how you're getting there the best way um, and then looking at where are you wasting your time. I think the biggest um, place people waste their time is trying to do things that they don't have any knowledge of. So, for example, um, I'm an accountant and I'm not great on social media. It's not my area of expertise. And so that's something that in my business I outsource to someone else who does have those expertise and skills so that um, they can do it the best way possible and I'm not wasting time getting frustrated, trying to learn something. And, um, yeah, that's just a really inefficient way of of doing it rather than we don't want to learn everything. Um, This is why the whole thing of um, specialisation and doing what we're good at and there are plenty of businesses out there that will provide the services that we need and so we can focus on what we do best in our business. Um, so I think that's where a lot of people, especially small business and micro business, when they're starting out, they think they haven't um, got enough funds or money or, or people around them. Um, and they think they've got to do it all themselves and they don't outsource early enough um, to create those efficiencies from the beginning. Yeah, because it's it's interesting you say that because people get into business because they're either passionate about something or it's... It, they want to do work that they love doing and then there is all this other stuff that comes with running your own business like the marketing like the bookkeeping correct like the you know the customer experience all these things that we don't necessarily have the skills in so outsourcing is a great way to absolutely to fill those gaps isn't it and it is yeah and also would you 
be suggesting like when people hire do get to the point where they're hiring staff that you know they don't hire like for like like they don't go oh you're really like me and we'll get along great it's more about finding the right the skill set and the gap. Absolutely. yes absolutely and that's one um, critical piece when it comes to efficiency is is hiring and, and quite often hiring as you say absolutely agree with you there where people go we go into business we're passionate we're skilled we've got that experience and the knowledge and we want to do that all the time and then suddenly we realize hang on there's admin marketing all that kind of stuff but Knowing the time to hire or outsource or get a contractor in or work with other people is really important and um, assessing what you want to be doing because I have some business owners that do want to do a little bit of admin and other people are just like, no, I don't care who does it as long as it gets done. Um, and so putting those processes in place so that everyone's comfortable and yeah, absolutely it comes down to hiring the right people in your business and that may not necessarily be um, exactly a clone of yourself and and that's not what your business might need. Um, so it's being able to evaluate how do you want to run your business? How do you want to operate your business? What's your growth plans? And finding the best people to achieve those goals for you and your business um, with an efficiency lens, working out, um, you know, different different marketing for different businesses means a different um, type of um, hire. Um, and even hiring... Um, employees versus just working with contractors, whether you always just want to be um, a business, a sole trader, um, or if you want to grow a team. So there's heaps of options. And I think people get really overwhelmed by that. Um, And then also trying to assess as they're growing their business, working out when's the right time to get that support and help in. And for some things like um, bookkeeping, for example, that's a classic that obviously everyone's got to have in their business to make sure that we're um, keeping track of our expenses and our revenue and whether we're profitable and then obviously taxes as well. Um, and I always say to people, uh, business owners, uh, who does your bookkeeping? And if they give me a funny answer or screw up their nose, and that's always one of the first things that we look at to either outsource or improve their knowledge on so that it's not so uncomfortable. Um, but again, that's a really easy way to outsource in a way that can be um, process-led so the business owners still have um, visibility over their business uh, and working with whoever to um, make it work for them. So it's about that brainstorming. What are those goals? What does efficiency mean to people? Um, so me being an accountant, I've always um, thought, well, I, bookkeeping is not something I would outsource because for me it's it's like my ABCs. Um some people and a lot of people, finance is the last thing on their list, but it's most one of the most important things that sometimes gets overlooked. Um, so it should be at the top of their list to outsource, forget about. Um, and I always say to people, you might only be spending two hours doing bookkeeping a week, but if you're then spending another 10 hours delaying it, procrastinating, worrying about it, being frustrated about it, by outsourcing it, we're actually eliminating all that angst as well. So it's the whole picture. Yeah, bookkeeping and invoicing, it's often the bane of a small business owner's existence, I think. Absolutely, yes. And, you know, there's amazing, um, it's amazing that a lot of business owners out there delay their invoicing, um, you know, or they get behind on it and then they wonder why they have cash flow problems. So, um, yeah, and, you know, and being an accountant um, with that finance background, 
I don't absolutely just focus on the finance side of it, but making sure and reminding business owners that if you don't send an invoice out, no one is going to pay you. No one voluntarily is going to pay you unless you send that invoice out. So that's why it's really important to at least be efficient. Um, and once they, you know, there's obviously control and um, making sure that, you know, some people are, um, can get a little bit funny about, oh, someone else is seeing my books and seeing how much money I'm earning and all that sort of stuff. But if you're hiring the right person or contractor, you're just another number. They don't, they're not looking at it from that detail. Um, so sometimes we can be a little bit controlling about it, whereas it's not good for our business. Mm. And if they didn't perhaps have the funds to employ a bookkeeper, would you suggest straight away they get onto something like a cloud solution, like a Zero or a Myob or QuickBooks or whatever? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big believer of when someone is starting a business to start with those foundations um, from the very beginning, no matter how small you are, how many invoices you're sending out, so that when you grow, you're not having to grow your systems at the same time as growing your business. And the processes are in there and also means that they can um, learn as the business grows and learn, um, you know, zero and how it works and and the basics of it um, and go from there. Mm. And now you were um, in your past life an accountant in the big corporate world. What are some kind of hacks that you've taken from there that could apply to small business owners? Absolutely. Um, So I'm a big believer of having one source of the truth in terms of your calendar and your schedule. So um, for a business owner, whether that's your diary, I'm a bit of an old school, I have a paper diary that goes, slips into my handbag and goes with me everywhere. But what it means is that um, I can look at that diary and know exactly where I should be and I'm not looking at four different places to, to work out my schedule. Um, that just saves a lot of time. It also allows other people, so that might be an um, Outlook diary so you can share with your team members so that they know where you are. Um, and same with your clients as well, they can book in. So, um I always say have one source of the truth when it comes to your diary. Whatever that diary is has to work for you. So some people love everything on their phone and their calendar. Some people like their paper diary. Some people like their wall planner on their wall. Um, doesn't matter what it is, just knowing that that's, that's where it is. Um, having a to-do list, I'm a, I am a list person. But I think, you know, and there's research to show that if you write down your to-do list the night before, you can just forget about it. And as small business owners, it is really hard to, you know, go to go to bed and sleep and not be lying there worrying about certain stuff. Um, I always encourage people to write down, either have a notepad by their bed or before you've even um, gone to bed or, or turned switched off for the night, write down your to-do list, plan out your day for the next day, and then you can forget about it and, and enjoy and relax in the evening. Um, but also using that to-do list to then cross off your tasks or highlight them and, and enjoy that sense of achievement and then move on to the next thing. Um, they say that t- crossing it off the list can be really powerful and then you move on to the next thing. Yeah, and is it also about prioritizing? prioritizing? Yeah. Um, and, and I think a to-do list um, becomes a bit of a, um, you know, so you can have a master to-do list and then each night or first thing in the morning you can be like, what are my three key priorities for the day or what am I going to focus on for the morning and I'm not going to leave my desk until I've finished them. Um, and so then really action taking and um, that motivates you to do more um, and get get the stuff listed. But um, priorities is absolutely, we can have a, 
um, to-do list that's a, a mile long. Um, but if that can also cause overwhelm for some people and they don't end up doing anything. So you can have your master list and then each day pick out three things that are major that need to be done and maybe three other um, smaller tasks that need to be done. That's your priority list. And then anything above that for the day becomes a bonus as well. Do you think you also need to really understand how you work as well? Like some people are more productive in the morning. Some people work well in the afternoons. Like do you need to, when you're prioritising as well, think about like block out the times that you are most productive to do the hardest work, for example, like the most taxing? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And and it absolutely comes down to how you work and also where you work. So personally for me, if I've got um, to do some brainstorming from creating new programs, I like to go to a different space. Um, might go to a cafe, might go to just a different room, um, might go outside and sit in a park and just take my notepad with me and and get those creative um, juices flowing Um, but just as important to know when you're at your most productive is that first thing in the morning and also what do you need to be doing to become productive so is that getting up meditating or going for a walk or going to the gym having breakfast and then once you've done your morning routine then you're getting straight into work Um, the other thing that's really um, you know key is understanding how you work so there's the old age thing that a lot of people say that you should be doing the hardest thing first and then everything else comes after it. Eat the frog. <laughs> I personally don't like that um, because, and, and uh, this is probably one thing I came from my corporate bought from my corporate world. I had a boss that said, oh, you've got to do the hardest thing first. And I just remember thinking, this was years ago, that I was like, that doesn't work for me. I prefer to do a couple of really quick wins, so it might be sending an invoice, sending a couple of emails, whatever it might be, and then getting onto the hard thing so that then I can completely focus on the hard thing and not worried about all the other stuff I still need to do. That's just me. Um, but I know a lot of people will prefer to um, work on the hard thing um, and then do everything else afterwards. But also I think this comes back to um, I never liked doing school or uni assignments, but give me a test or an exam and I'd absolutely flourish. So one, it's your way of working. Do you work better with others around you? Do you work with some music on, the TV on, absolute silence? Um, and also recognising when you are doing, you know, boring admin tasks, for example, do you need some motivating music on to get you going? Um, or when you're trying to do some brainstorming games, some study music or um, all that kind of stuff. So it's so important to fully understand how you learn, how you best work, and that leads to greater productivity and ultimately greater efficiency. Um, because, you know, I always say to people, efficiency means different things to different people. And also I could say to you, oh, well, let's try this approach. And it may not work for you, but it'll work for the next person. So we need to take those styles and personalities into it. Um, and, and same with like um, the bookkeeping. Some people are like, oh, no, I'd just rather do it once a year at the end of the year. I don't want to have to do any reporting during months muffins or anything like that and then other people want their bookkeeping up to date every three days and so again they need to find the right person that can help them with their business to achieve those as well or if they're using a cloud accounting solution well then they should be able to get that information to hand almost immediately as well yeah 
as long as they know how to log in and, and they know how to run those reports as well. Because if you don't know how to run them, you're going to be looking at the wrong information. Um, and also knowing, especially um, I do a lot of work in zero, and if the reconciling items haven't been done, then the reports are useless. So again, it's um, understanding that information and data flow, understanding the process um, to make it work and working in with your bookkeeper. So for example, if every Friday you want to review the weekly sales in zero, we need to be making sure that our bookkeeper is updating it on a Thursday so that you can run that report on a Friday and it's up to date. And then you're making the right decisions for your business at mm. the time. Now, what about if you're a procrastinator? Like, because uh, you, <laughs> you mentioned, you know, you didn't like doing the assignments, but whiz bang at a test so did you have a bit of a procrastination issue when you were at school I did and I think I remember um one of my reports when I was very young in primary school it did say Liz is a procrastinator but I think it's what I've learned over the years is that I do better under the pressure um so yes I work great to deadlines um but I am still now I do my best work sometimes the night before or two nights before a big deadline I might have planned it out, I might have had a bit of a go at it, and then I will schedule some time in, and I know that sometimes a three-hour block where I'm completely focused on that task, knowing it's got to be done by the next day, I'll do better work than if I'd spread that three hours over a two-week period. Um, so I've really learned that. I don't know if it was procrastination, it probably was to a little extent, but I also knew, one, I was probably trying to be really efficient, being like, well, actually, I know that I could waste 10 hours over a two-week period or condense it down to three hours the night before um, and knowing now how long things do take me or allowing myself that time so it's not like giving myself half an hour when it's a five-hour task. Um, but, yeah, I definitely, um, I perform better under pressure. Uh, I've learned that. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to be a procrastinator who performs badly under pressure, do you? Absolutely. No, you don't. And you also don't want to leave it. And I do a lot of grant writing for businesses as well. And um, it's phenomenal how over the last few years I've had people ring up 24 hours before a grant application is due. Oh, no. Panicking. And they're literally, they've, they've just found the grant. They're ringing me saying, can you help us? And I'm like, no, sorry. I like, there's way too much to do. So it's a balance of knowing what it's going to take and 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 planning that, that uh, last minute stuff. Um, but yeah, grants is one of those things, which probably goes against what I've just said um, in terms of, the reverse is that of that. Um, but in saying that, the deadline is still there. So grants normally only have about a four to six week open application time. And so it's really important to plan it at the beginning, get everything we need, and then and then write the application um, ready for that um, submission date and that deadline. So for me, my procrastination is I need a deadline, um, which sometimes doesn't always go in my favour when it's small business, when it's just me and my PA, where a deadline I'll create a deadline but then I'm like are there really consequences here if I don't get this done um and and so you know I give my PA permission to say no no we need to stick to that date and there's got to be a consequence of me not doing that um, I think that's one thing in small business and then we also gravitate to what we enjoy doing um, and that's coming back to that whole thing of outsourcing what you don't enjoy what you're not good at um and then it makes life a bit easier because then you are ending up doing the stuff that, you know, 80% of the time is enjoyable um, and we've only got a few things. And I think um, in reality, I know that I'm 
um, one of the minority that loves finance when it comes to small business. As we said before, people don't like doing their invoices, but educating people that if you don't send out an invoice and you don't get cash flow, you can't do the rest of your business. So, you know, working on money mindset and things like that to go, well, no, no, I've done the work, I've sent out the product, these people have to pay for it, <laughs> um, which a lot of business owners do struggle with because the whole reason they've gone into business is because they love what they do and they don't necessarily um, value themselves or their worth of their product or their service um, to make it a success. So there's a lot of connectedness around this and just giving them the permission to go, well, no, hold on, to be efficient, this is what we have to do. We need to get into the habits and practices of sending out an invoice two days after a job. And then it just becomes normal and that pattern rather than, oh, if you don't like doing invoices, I don't recommend that you save them up for a month. Do them <laughs> once a week. Um, and then you've got less to do. It's not so daunting. You can allocate 20 minutes and then you're like, cool, that's my 20 minutes of invoicing done for the week. Forget about it. Move on to the next thing. And, and then your cash flow is coming in, which is what we all need. Cash is king when it comes to small business, and we can never forget that. It's also d developing those efficiencies and uh, automating your processes. It, it frees up your time to actually think about the growth of your business as well and to have, you know, big ideas because you're not so in the trenches of, of the business. Absolutely. And I think, you know, they talk about the small business working in the business or on the business, and there's got to be that balance or at least identification when you are doing either of those things. Um, yes, we need to be in the weeds or the trenches and understand our business, but we also need to be looking forward. And I think, um, you know, over the last couple of years, people were probably too current um, and they weren't looking forward enough. And then COVID hit, we didn't have future plans. And then subsequently, the time, the last couple of years, we've just had to keep adapting and adapting and be really on the ball. And I think now, um, two and a half years later, I feel like we can start planning a little bit more further ahead. Um, what does that look like? What does our staffing levels look like? How can we become more efficient now that things are becoming a little bit more normal um, and creating those habits and practices within our business to um, really grow into the future and even allocating time, whether it's two hours a week or one hour a day to go, what business development am I going to work on? Is that product development? Is that networking? Is that creating partnerships? Is that doing research of what other people are doing? What's happening in the industry? Um, and all those things will help with one motivation in terms of like cool and getting re-energized about your business because it's been a tough time um, and then developing that into a successful model as well um, for your customers and your clients. It's interesting as well because you um, business owners often do the business plan at the beginning of the business and then they never revisit it, but it should be a living, breathing document, shouldn't it? Absolutely, yes. So I do um, a lot of business planning with a lot of businesses and we, my mentoring clients, we visit it each month um, and it might just be a couple of key key points each month um, but by the end of the year then we'll do a refresh or every six months um, but it, it becomes a living document it should be something that should either be printed out or on their computer all the time and nearly looking at it daily one to keep us on track of what did we say we were going to do and then also if things have changed we need to update it um, because you know again coming back to um, you know month end and reviewing our financials and, and our progress and our performance 
we need something to track against, but if it's out of date, there's no point tracking it. If we've changed something, if we've stopped doing something, if we've created something new, we need to be um, evaluating on what we're currently doing in our business. And I think the other reflection part of that is also um, that decision-making, like was that the right decision? Did we, What process did we go through and how has that impacted our business um, to aid us in future decisions, really? I think business planning is also one of those things that it's a bit like finance. People dread it, but it's one of the most important things for a successful business. If you don't have a business plan, it doesn't have to be 30 pages. It can be one or two pages. It doesn't matter, but you just have to have something um, that you can track against. And and also, at the end of the time period or each month, you can um, really be proud of what you have achieved. And because, you know, we... We're in day-to-day, might have a day off, and we're like, oh, we're completely forgotten what we did a month ago. Um, So it's really important to reflect and celebrate those wins as well. Yes, things are moving so quickly at the moment, aren't they, that you forget to take the time to celebrate wins. Absolutely, yes. And I that's something that's really important with my clients where um, even if they don't think it's a win and it might be a really small win, but it's had a change and change for them and a positive change. Um, and that might be as simple as changing their delivery schedule so they have a different day off or they have a weekend day off or whatever it might be. So, um, you know, celebrating small and the big, big wins. And then also reflecting on if something didn't go so well, understanding why it didn't go so well and learning from that as well is really, really important. Hmm. Now, if our listeners could leave with just one tip for becoming more efficient as business owners, what would it be? Um, I think it's what we talked about before, understanding how you best work. So planning out your day to work out, one, what you should be doing, two, when you should be doing it, and and who else should be helping you in your business to do the things that you don't want to do. Um, And getting really clear on what those tasks are and then setting those boundaries. So, for example, um, if we would outsource the bookkeeping, um, but you really enjoyed doing it and you still dabbled in it and you were, you know, well, then maybe that's not the best thing to be outsourcing for that particular person. So tailoring your plan to what works for you so that you can um, easily work out your priorities and really get back to why you started your business in the first place and growing it um, the best we can. Thank you so much, Liz. That's been lots of great tips this morning and I'm so glad that you joined me on the show. Thanks for having me and uh, stay efficient. Thank you.